Hello, welcome to Relatable. This is your host, Teresa Freeman. In this next episode, I speak with not one, but two Naval Academy graduates. Mike Yang was recruited to play tennis, and Tammy Yang enlisted out of school and then was tapped to attend. This interview was so awesome, we have a part one and a part two. What skills are needed to have a successful career in the military? How did they seamlessly transition and apply what they learned in the military to be successful VPs in the corporate world? And how did they raise such awesome kids who are both phenomenal people and athletes? Listen in to find out and enjoy these next two episodes. Welcome to Relatable. This is your host, Teresa Freeman, and I'm here with Mike and Tammy Yang. And thank you so much for being on Relatable. I've been so excited to talk to you, both from a career perspective and just hearing a bit about how you've navigated your career, but you both um, are Naval Academy grads. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's super cool. (laughs) And I have a soft spot for anybody that served. And um, so thank you for that, for your service. But I just love to hear about your path there. And then um, we talk a lot. It just, maybe it's because I have three boys. Maybe it's my own interest, but I do talk to a lot of people about athletics. I interview a lot of coaches and I, it's just something that I'm interested in. So in terms of your own, you both are athletes and your kids are athletes. So I thought we could talk a little bit about that too. Okay. So sure. thank you so much. So let's start. Yeah. T- Tammy, let's start with you. Tell, tell us a little bit about what a day in the life is like for you now, like in terms of your <laughs> job and what you do. So I, um, I'm the global head of delivery or construction for Compass Data Centers. And, and that just means that I, I head up and I have construction teams all over the world building data centers. And then we lease them to big cloud providers like Microsoft, Google, and those and the such. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got about 4 or $5 billion worth of work going on right now that I, that I oversee. Um, and I have, and I, a day in the life I span 10 time zones. I'm everything oh. as far west as... Like oh the gosh. western coast of North America, all the way to the Middle East. So with that, we have projects spanning the whole, the whole gamut. So what do you? When do you sleep? Like how do you? Ma- that's that's incredible. Yeah, I I do sleep. Um, <laughs> I do. I usually, I, yeah, I usually sleep. But my calls can start. My meetings can start as early as five or six in the morning, as he knows. I try to shut the door so I don't right. wake him up. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but they can go till six, seven, eight at night sometimes. Um, Do you have certain ones that you, I would think you'd have to almost like stagger if you have so many across so many time zones, like certain days that maybe you focus on, or is it at any day you could be on calls with all those different people? At any day. It just depends on the situation. I try to, I try to delegate to the teams as much as I can and just say, Hey, just let me see the notes or just give me the highlights at the end and let me know if there's something urgent I need to step into. Yeah. Um, And you're, uh, how long have you been doing that? So um, I've been with Compass for three years now, and this is my second year in this global role. Okay. Mm-hmm. And travel, right? You do a ton I do, of travel. Yeah, I do quite a bit of travel. Yeah. Where are some of the cool places you get to go? Um, Italy. Oh. Um, anywhere in the UK. We're opening a second office or a third office in Dublin, actually, this year. So I'll be going to Dublin a lot more. I trying think to you get, need a friend. Uh, yeah, I probably need a friend, and I probably need <laughs> a husband with golf clubs to come with oh, me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Israel. I've been to Israel a bunch. Yeah. Um, we're getting ready to kick off in Prague, um, Nairobi, Africa. Wow. And we're moving into... You must get a, have a lot of miles. I do. I've got some status going on right now. There you go. That was like COVID so for people that had status yeah. and all their status went into the dumper. You know, now it's like it's yeah. on a resurgence. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. And Mike, tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days. So I'm a vice president with a company called System Planning and Analysis. We're a government services provider, mm-hmm. primarily focused on Department of Defense. Okay. But, um, the history of the company, we started in nuclear submarines and then have grown from there. So now cool. it's DOD as well as Homeland Security. We also have international offices in Australia and Brussels for NATO work. But for me, I am the deputy division director for the Maritime Division. So oh, cool. well, what I oversee, uh, help oversee is basically uh, eight different groups that focus on the Navy maritime aspects. And at the same time, I'm also the group leader for what's called the Integrated Warfare Systems Group. And so I oversee all the support to an organization called PEOIWS, which is the Program Executive Office for Integrated Warfare Systems. It's, it's basically... Um, all in support of all of the systems that go on a Navy ship, right, to allow it to actually um, do its combat missions, right? My team also supports directly one of the codes within IWS, uh, PEIWS and IWS2, which is the above water sensors. So basically, we provide the engineering support for a good way to describe it is like all of the radar ZW systems and laser systems that go on a Navy ship. So we help the Navy, you know, our company's focus is always government service. So mm-hmm. we, we are always on the side of the government supporting them to achieve their mission. Yeah. So, And just because I, maritime, what does that mean anything water related? Is yeah, that I mean, it could be. Because I know there's a maritime academy, so I'm just curious, is yeah. it, is it. Yeah, but we're like mostly I'm focused, right? <laughs> no, no, <we're> not. <laughs> no. I, but I mean, in terms of it's a it's an all encompassing term, but it yeah. does focus primarily on for us. It's the Navy, the Marine Corps, and the projects and programs that yeah. we support. And so we also do, but within that, we also have a big, really strong analysis arm. So we do a lot of the uh, force level analysis. So we help the the Navy determine. Um, what should their future, um, mm. you know, mm-hmm. fleet buildup look like? At the same time, if we take any particular area of the world, what kind of missions could they support? What kind of, and if they, and at the same time, help them plan fiscally plan. What should their budgets and th- things like that look like to support the growth in that area? To support any, a good way to describe it. If there's any gaps in capability mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that um, they need to plan for in the future, that's kind of what we help them do as well. And then how long were you, uh, this is for both of you, so you answer and then Tammy, like uh, how long were you in the Navy post, like you were in the Academy, right? And then you graduated. Yeah. Did you, I assume that you, did you go into the Navy after that? Like I've, I don't know what the uh, so, well, is. So I, um, I enlisted in the Navy right out of high school. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. I, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And mom and dad couldn't really afford college, college for me. They were blue collar, small town in New York. And uh, so I just enlisted. I went to boot camp right, out of, right after graduation. And then I did that for about three years. I was an electronics technician. Um, I worked at the Pentagon because I couldn't get sea duty because they weren't sending many women to ships at that time. Mm. And uh, I was an electronics technician. I worked for the Joint Chiefs of Staff when General Colin Powell was the chairman. So wow. I was on his tech crew during Desert Storm, and we kept all of the satellite gear and the Pentagon up 
during Desert Storm for them. And then um, I got noticed by some division officers. I made Sailor of the Year a couple of times. And then they were like, you should become an officer. And I was like, okay. I really had no idea what they were talking about. And then my division officer, she followed up with me a few weeks later. She goes, did you give that any thought? You should really think about the Naval Academy. And I'm like, okay. I had no idea what I was saying okay to. And then you flash forward and um, I got an appointment from the Secretary of the Navy, went to the Naval Academy and um, came out as a commissioned officer with a degree in physics. And um, oh my God, yeah, and, <laughs> and then um, oh served on destroyers after that. And that's where Mike and I met was on our first destroyer. Um, we didn't necessarily get along that well work-wise. When we first met, we had very different styles. We'll never own yeah, a business yeah, together. Yeah. We'll never own a business together. Never. We work very differently. <laughs> never. But um, I did, all, in, all in, I did 13 years. Um, enlisted wow. an officer. Service. Is that is that very common to enlist and then go? No, right. It's I would it's think a small percentage of the academy. Yeah. Or actually I think enlisted. they reserve like a hundred to one hundred and fifty um, spots a year for each academy class. That's about ten percent. Yeah, for enlisted people to to fleet in or to go to the academy from the fleet. Yeah. From in terms of just making that decision to go to go into it right out of high school, were you nervous or did you have people in? stacking questions which I shouldn't do but were did you have people around you that were military that yeah my family has a lot of military okay. um my dad I mean I think most of the men on my dad's side of the family were in one of the branches I okay. think all of the branches except the marines were are represented several women in my family um were in the air force and in the army as well and I was just like I don't know what I want to do yet it's, you know the military it just so many of us have done it so it seemed okay for me to mm-hmm. go do that I was certainly scared. I mean, it was the first time leaving that small town. It was my first time on an airplane um, because boot camp was in Florida. And uh, so it was a lot of firsts, you know. And uh, How hard was boot camp? Physically and emotionally? Emotionally, it was scary and it was hard. You know, all of a sudden you're living in this open barracks with 120 people that you don't know and you're being yelled at every day. But, you know, the physical piece of it, the other other pieces of it, the discipline, that was, it's easy to pick up and do. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. What about for you? Did you what was your journey to the academy? Teresa's new book, Soft Skills I Learned the Hard Way, is out and available on Amazon. She writes about many epic fails throughout her career and how she learned from them so you don't have to. This book is full of cheat codes for how you can differentiate yourself when it matters, like in interviews, trying to get that promotion, or being a first-time leader. As always, thank you, Relatable Community. We are so grateful for your support and continued listenership. As of today, we are 8,000 listeners and 15 countries strong. Now back to the show. So for me, it was a little bit different is because I grew up in Anne Arundel County. So I grew up right around Spring Park, Maryland, mm-hmm. and obviously very well aware of the Naval Academy because it wasn't right. that far away. Right. But... I think what it came down to was I came to a realization at some point, and, and this is, trust me, when I say that I don't know where this kind of epiphany came from, I think part of it was we had some family friends whose sons went to the Naval Academy, and, you know, it was like they were, they came out and they were very different, right, in a good way, right, mm-hmm. they were much more mature and things like that. I recognize in myself that I probably would not do well <laughs> at a at a regular university, where I needed like somebody. Yeah, you know, the structure that the expectation that you're in class, you're going, you know, getting up in the morning, doing all those things, and so I made a 
decision pretty early on. I was doing well academically. You know, I was playing uh, both golf and tennis at the time, and I was, you know, two sport captain, the whole thing. I was like, it's some, you know, he says I, casually. No, no, no. But what? That's, but yeah. when I was talking to the guys who actually went there, they said, you know, that really helps a lot on a resume. He goes, why don't you just apply? And so I applied really early, um, as early as I could. I didn't do anything like what they have today. Like today they have like summer programs, all this other stuff where you get to go to the academy. Right, yeah. I, I kind of went in just based on what they were telling me, you know, so I filled out the application. Um, I had to do all the interviews. I, I had a different route. So I had to do the actual traditional go see your congressman, your senators, do all the interviews, all that stuff, which was a little bit shocking to me when mm-hmm. I first went because like, you know, when I was going to interview i just remember walking into the office and it was like interview day so you had like all the staffers were interviewing all of the potential folks that they were gonna provide their backing for to get into the academy and then it was like they were like all these like junior razi guys all of this other stuff and i was just like oh i don't have a shot but what's funny was after the interviews were over i found out that i was on two different lists for both the senator and congressman that they wanted you know to give me to have me go yeah Yeah, give me their appointment because I, I think for people, like, I, I work with a lot of young people, young adults, and, and even, like, entry-level talent on interviewing skills, and, and yeah. I think soft skills are such a part of how you can be successful in life. So for you to do so well, what do you think helped you? <laughs> you know, it's a funny story. What was, there was, one thing that really stuck out to me was, I remember one of the things they told me was, follow your congressman and, like, just... Get, understand uh, their no, points look, of views uh, on things. Smart. And one of the big issues at the time was uh, the use of the military in drug interdiction, right? Because it was it was kind of a big thing because right. technically U.S. can't do it or the DOD, Department of Defense, can't do it in support of, you know, basically a domestic agenda. So I remember reading about it and I was like, oh, wow. And what was funny was the senator and the congressman, I remember they did opinion pieces in an article like over a weekend Mm -hmm. and one was very much for and one was very much against the use of military what's funny was the question came up in my first interview how do you feel about that you know what is your opinion on that yeah and i was excited because i knew what the topics were and what the issues was I froze for a second because I couldn't remember which one, which one felt which oh way. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. So obviously I think I got the, because both of them asked, the, both groups asked the same question. And so I obviously, I think I feel like I got it right, but um, <laughs> it was one of those, I'm really glad I actually followed. Somebody told me to do something and I actually went ahead and made sure I was doing it going yeah. into those interviews. And I think I felt comfortable when they asked the question. Like I, I felt you like, prepared. yeah, I was prepared. Yeah. And so. So that part of it was all good. And I didn't apply anywhere else. I didn't apply to another school. Really? Yeah. And did you... (laughs) Damn, he's fixed. And did you know you you wanted to play either golf or tennis there? Was that part of the discussion? Like, were you being recruited to... Was that part of was I was was recruited very early to play tennis. Okay. And so when I showed up, that's what my plan was. And what was funny was I ran into the golf coach because the first one of the first like weeks there they took all the incoming plebes and they 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 take you to like this NCAA kind of uh, meeting and I ran into he he actually found me he like saw me he goes you're Yang I was like I was like yes I had no idea who this was yeah and he's like I'm Larry Ringer I'm the golf coach 
He goes, look, I was going to come talk to you about recruiting you to come. I already found out you were coming. He goes, I didn't use the recruitment spot. So uh, if you ever decide that you want to play golf, you know, just let me know. And the, the academy is a little bit different anyway with regard to scholarship athletes. There are no scholarships. Right. Right. And if you are already in, you could still play. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and so if you're already going there, they're not going to use a recruitment spot because you don't need help to get in. Sure. Right. And yeah. so that was a little bit different. And then uh, in the summer, in that spring, or actually overpleep summer, when we were doing a lot of running for tennis, I ran into a buddy from high school who was playing golf at Navy. And I said, what do you do? And he goes, oh, we get on a bus every day and go over to the golf course for practice. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, no, we get on a bus and we go over to the golf course and we get to practice. Little, I'm like, a little less physically yeah. demanding. Oh, yeah. You mean less running? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. huh. And then I also realized, like, seeing the other recruited athletes for the tennis, you know, like, being good in Maryland is not the same as being, uh, being okay from Florida, right? right? And everybody, you know, so I was just kind of like, I would have struggled to really do well. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like, I think I'm going to go play golf. And, so, and then did you play all four years? Or did yeah. you? Yeah. I played three years mm-hmm. and the I basically lost my fourth year because I broke my wrist. Oh, geez. Playing basketball. Yeah. Because it was raining one day and we decided to go play basketball and I broke my wrist. Oh my gosh. So. And then how long did you serve then after, like, after you were? Uh, Seven years. I did seven years. So I did uh, what's called the division officer tour. So it's like basically when you're fresh out of like the academy or a commissioning source, you go and you'll serve as a division officer, which runs a certain part of the ship Mm -hmm. um, for two cycles. And then I went off and uh, did a tour at Surfland and then after that we both we made the decision that it was better for us to get out to get out yeah, yeah. because you know I, you know I think one of the things that drove the decision was like we both kind of wanted to have a family <coughs> and trust me people in the military do it all the time and they're successful yeah. and they raise great kids and they we just didn't see well we were doing back-to-back deployments like I'd yeah. go out for six months at a time on deployment because we were on different yeah. ships and then I'd come in we would do an exchange of bills and here's the state of the household, you know, yeah. we weren't married yet. We were living yeah. together. And then he would go out for six months on, on yeah, we did so, 12 or 13 months apart. At yeah, one point. That's yeah. So it was just, yeah. And, and there were, there wasn't FaceTime back then or yeah. like that. There was sat phone, there were satellite yeah. phones on the ships and you could only use them in port and had to write letters. We writing yeah. letters oh and it was weird. Very archaic. But. Really quick before we move on, I, I am curious for, for people that are considering going into the military versus going to college or you know obviously there's the academy route which is maybe you know the best of both worlds but for people that are considering and maybe college isn't for them or they're thinking like well, I want a different option um, maybe I'll just start with you Tammy what would you say is the kind of the benefits or like what someone can get out of that experience by by pursuing that path if they're I, unsure I think 100% give it a go yeah. You get to go do something besides college if you don't think you're ready for college. We've talked to both of our kids about it. And we we're just like, you know, college is not the only path. You right. know? I mean, yes. certainly they both decided to do it. But, you know, I look at um, how much I just gained out of, you know, just you, you just learned so much about yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's not about getting yourself up and getting to class. And of course, all of that is hard and important in, in college. 
but there's so much more that you you have to grow up very very quickly and become self-sufficient and you you learn quickly how to be adaptable learn quick work work within teams and the teams are always changing you have no choice but to gain the confidence and the life skills that you need when you're in the military yeah. and doing things like that and i think it's really really valuable these days um it's I, I think it, and so even when I was interviewing we'd made the decision we were gonna we were gonna leave the Navy and and, and start different careers and I was interviewing for um, the first construction company I ended up working for out of the Navy Con- Turner construction and I was in my final interview with the vice president and he goes do you know why we 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 uh, we like to hire military veterans and I was like no sir you know and he says he says I can teach you construction he says, but what I can't teach you and that what I typically find veterans show up with is leadership skills, management skills, the ability to adapt to a situation and get your head around it quickly and and, and you accomplish things. You know, you're driven, you understand deadlines yeah. and the importance of delivering on time. He says, I can't teach that. He says, I can teach you how to build a building, but I can't, I can't teach the rest of it and you're showing up with it. And I think that's really important for people to understand is that there's more to being successful in life and being happy in life mm-hmm. than having a piece of paper saying you studied for four years. And I don't mean that to minimize college. We went to college, we got our degrees as well. It's very important. But there's so much more you also need in order to really be, I think, fulfilled and successful in life. And, and I think the military is a great way to get that for a lot of people. Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills, your one-stop shop for workshops, coaching, speaking, and soft skills development. If you'd like to hire Teresa, visit www.tfasoftskills.com for more information. Would you add anything to that, Mike? Yeah, and I think one thing I would add is I think there's a there's a lot that goes into, and I think there's a lot of value in for a part of your time in your life to live a life of service. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. I think on top of everything else you learn is the idea of the value of mission and being part of something bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. right, is a key component, I think, in in being a good member of society, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's, it's not always all about you. It's about getting the job done. Yeah. It's about getting things done that, you know, you may not necessarily want to do but you know you have to do and i think the military is one area that you will learn that right because you will do things that or be assigned to do things that you have no desire in the world to ever do but you know it has to be done right and you'll figure it out and you'll go out and do it i think it's right there are some countries where they they zero where they i I think that's just um there's something about that that from a formative experience of being able, I think even your own ability to think beyond what you can do. That's yeah. that's what I think about when I, you know. Because you experience failure in the military. Right? They push you to your limits in so yeah. many different, different areas. Ways. And you fail. I mean, they're going to push you until you to, fail at yeah. something. And you learn a lot about yourself when you have to pick yourself up and start again. Yeah. You know, and, and there's something about that, it seems, just the support of the brotherhood or the camaraderie not mm-hmm. just brotherhood yeah. femalehood yeah <laughs> but that 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 it's like you're you're a that, that unit and i think that translates mm-hmm. to corporate or other ways in which you're working where it's that it's the sum of the whole right mm-hmm. it's rarely individual effort is going to win the day <laughs> you need other people and i think unconsciously whether we realized we were doing it or not i think we i think we imbued a lot of that onto the kids onto tyler and jordan mm-hmm. because 
we've heard from so many people that just just the compliments that you'll hear, the comments yes, made about the kids, yes. like, oh, we can tell that you guys were military. When they find out we were, oh, we can tell. And even like Jordan, when they stream or they, they broadcast her games, you know, and if she's mentioned by the sportscasters, mm-hmm. invariably they will say both her parents are Academy grads, you know. And, Interesting. Then, and then her coach yeah. will be on record as saying things like, well, you know, you can, you know, she's got the leadership skills. She's, you know... Her coach, you know, in high school was, you know, or her club coach was like, she's my field commander. And it's not that we, we didn't really raise them in a military style, the yes or no sort of kind of, we didn't do that. But I just think it kind of came out in how we interacted with them. It's like part of you and your experience. Just even how Tyler leads on the field and how he brings, he rallies people together and gets them working together. It's just, when you think about it, it's like, yeah, some of it probably rubbed off on them, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, then let's talk a little bit about that. So that's a great segue in terms of, because you also, you said um, that you wrote? or you, I was like, on the crew team at the academy, yeah. So, that's very much a team sport. Yeah, yeah for sure. There's eight rowers and a coxswain, you know, and you've got to be in sync and, you know, doing it. it yeah, it's, it's powerful. I miss it. For you both <laughs> being uh, successful and then both as athletes and then in your careers. And then I'm thinking about your kids and you have really successful athletes um, in terms of your kids. And I'm sure there are a lot more than just being successful athletes. But in terms of, you know, there's a lot of parents that listen to this podcast, a lot of parents that have kids that play sports, (laughs) a lot of parents that would love for their kids to be able to play sports in college. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, uh, we probably could spend a whole... (laughs) Oh my gosh. <laughs> Podcast just on this. I, yeah. I, I think the first question I have is is how much of a role did you play in their success in sport in terms of that drive? Because I think it has to come. I mean, look, we, we live in an area that's like parents are very involved in their kids' lives and have a lot to do with what they do. Let's yeah. just, I mean, that's at least my observation. Um, so how much of it given that you're both athletes, you came from that background, are you kind of creating that structure for them and driving that? Or was it, you know, them driving that? They both started really early. We wanted them in sports. I mean, like five, six years old, we mm-hmm. had them, you know, when it was relatively cheap, like a hundred bucks, go try this for a few yeah. weeks. We we had them try lots of different things. And for the first several years, cause they're twins and they're, it's a girl yeah. boy twin thing. Yeah. Right? But they were so close. Like, they only wanted to do sports together. So they did flag football together. They did soccer together. Oh, my gosh. They did rugby together, youth rugby together. Um, that might, those were probably the three big ones, right? But then they kind of split off and did their own things. And Tyler went the football route for a while. And then Jordan did soccer. And she stuck with soccer. And then he Tyler also picked up lacrosse later on. But we, we were pretty involved. Um we were involved. I think we each came at it from a different, different perspectives, maybe a little bit. For me, it was mostly like, you know, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. It's part of being accountable to a team. It's about doing mm-hmm. your best. It's about challenging yourself. And, you know, and I was always the one saying, did you have fun though? Did you have a good time? You know, and that sort of thing. And yeah, you know, less concerned always about the results, but, um, but I, we were pretty involved. We were very encouraging, very supportive. I don't really think we ever forced them into situations or anything like that. But we, our thing though was, is that if, if you're going to do something, you're all in hundred percent, you know, you can't just kind of, you know, yeah, do it halfway and be done with it. Yeah. That doesn't work because you're going to be letting people down and you're accountable, right? You're accountable to give it your all. That's why you're in this. But so our thing was like, if at any point you want out, you're not enjoying it anymore. You've got to let us know that sort of thing. So. 
I would say one thing I would add to that is very early on, we let them play everything because mm-hmm. we wanted them to pick. Yeah. Like, what do they actually like to do, mm-hmm. right? What do they gravitate towards? And I think for for Georgia, she found soccer. Um, I'll tell you a story about that in a second. Yeah. But Tyler yeah. actually, you know, <clears throat> really enjoyed football, but I don't think he really truly enjoyed it until he found the right coach. Right. And, mm, and he had a him. very, he had a great coach and we had a, you know, we, uh, we had a good team of coaches that coached this one group of boys that, um, from the time they were probably, you know, for about a f- four or five year stretch where, uh, Cliff Epperson is now, I think a, uh, he fi- yeah, no, actually he's coaching, I think varsity this year, mm-hmm. but He's, he is now a fair I think uh, Fairfax County Hall of Fame coach right and, he's amazing yeah, yeah. and oh. and he you know was you know Tyler was his quarterback for about five years right mm-hmm. and and he you know learned so much from that role he put a lot on Tyler in terms of running that team running that offense yeah. and at the same time you know give him, gave him every bit of encouragement and every bit of support he needed to be successful and I think that's what made him love football Mm-hmm. Right. the relationship right mm-hmm. that relationship and 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 you know that team and those boys and 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 building you know they're even now when they see each other it's like you can tell it's like they they're just yeah. like kind of like family when yeah. they still see yeah. each other and then he came to lacrosse and i think he just loved that as well i think he just kind of gravitated towards it he just liked the speed of it he mm-hmm. liked the game of it and yeah. and you know uh, eventually he made the decision that you know when, when he went to college, he wanted to play lacrosse more than soccer. I'm mean, sorry, more than football. But I think that was also, Tammy's right. I think at some point, like, you know, he did have a hard time freshman year. And it was a, a much different atmosphere. And, and and so I think that kind of turned him off from it. And then yeah. he found success in lacrosse. And I think that's what he just kind of really gravitated towards. But Jordan, yeah, this, is, about story. Jordan. this yeah. is a story about Jordan where he said, well, we didn't really force her or anything. So when oh, Jordan was, maybe, no, there was right, one maybe, point, there was one time, there was one time. And so what happened was she yeah. was, she, you know, the team that she was on for several years kind of broke up because they went to different organizations, that kind of stuff, which by the way, there should be a uh, freaking show on Northern Virginia oh, soccer. my gosh. Right? It could Trust be a reality me. TV show. It, right? it could be. You're yeah, yeah. like, we had our own it's, experiences yeah. with that, and it is absurd. Yeah. It, it's it is really absurd. It's yeah. so, so <laughs> she was actually playing on a boys team for a couple of years because her, so her team fell apart, you know, was kind of off into the yeah. winds. And I said, look, you know, for your own development, we need to find you a good <laughs> girls team. Yeah. And so, you know, we talked we talked to some families and they said, hey, we know that this one coach is looking for players and they were probably one of the best teams in the area, right? So we said, okay. So he was willing to have her come to a practice, have her work out with the team, the whole thing. And so, you know, I took her there and she wouldn't get out of the car. I was car. on travel, I think. She would not get out of the car and she was crying. She's crying. How I old said, is she? This she was, was probably... 12? Yeah. No, no, probably earlier than that. I think this was like, like U11s. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so she I was just like, her friends, I was like, her old coaches. Yeah. And so she was, it was really hard for her. And I was just like, and to her, one of those things, coaches are important, right? Because that's what she actually makes decisions based on as well. I said, look, I was like, you're getting out of the car this one time. And if you hate it, right. And this isn't for you. And you say, I don't like this team. I don't like this coach. I don't like the way they do things. Then you're going to at least find out. 
Right? Mm-hmm. So I had to actually go over to the passenger side door, open it, and coax her out of the car and got mm-hmm. her to go over. And and she actually found out she really liked it. Right? And she liked the intensity. She liked... It wasn't... It wasn't as... It was... It was much more structured. It was much more um, higher expectations, even in practice, that kind of stuff. And she she also felt like she liked the team and she also knew that at that point she probably wasn't as good as them like from oh, a, from she a technical that standpoint just she was always right. so well, she good. was she was yeah. playing with on a boys team right. and at that age the boys would just it was it was very much about outrun somebody and crash into them to get yeah. the ball right yeah. but with at that stage with girls soccer they were teaching techniques and mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. it was technical right. it was mm-hmm. more skills based and she was yeah. like oh i don't know how to do that right. But mm. she had speed, and so that coach yeah. that saw her that night, he was like, "I'll take her." Yeah, I'll, I can teach her yeah, the other they stuff. Like the fast. I can't teach. They like yeah, the fast. I can't yeah. teach the speed, and so. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tammy and Mike, for joining me. What an incredible conversation! A few things that I loved: military breeds great leaders. Don't do things halfway. Be determined and accountable. Stay curious; it's a game changer. Seek out mentors and or be a mentor to others. Thank you to Missy for producing this episode and Hannah for your support. A big thank you to our relatable community. We continue to grow our audience and so appreciate all of our listeners. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment and subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills, and you can find more information about Relatable and our sponsor by visiting www.tfasoftskills.com. Until next time, this is Teresa Freeman with Relatable. Stay connected.